Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. I am your host, Wendy Nystrom. Today's special guests are co-founders of a company called StrongSuit. I have Carrie Dirksen and Jamin Purcell, so welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. Anytime. Um, so what is, well, let's actually start with how did you two meet? <clears throat> well, um, we met, gosh, probably about 15 years ago already. Um, my husband actually as uh, a university professor and Jamin was one of his students. And I guess we kind of met at the university and over time we just sort of kept hanging out and talking about things and we had a lot of common interests. And so I guess technically that's how it happened. Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, she was working um, in the city. We're in the Bay Area. So she was working in the city and uh, we would, I would go over to the house all the time and hang out. And um, yeah, it was, uh, I was always fascinated with what she was working on and, uh, you know, realized she was a genius very quickly. And so um, <laughs> when we were, um, yeah, when we, we just, when I was talking about this uh, idea I had, um she was like ruler jumped on board real quick i hear what you're saying and i and, and this and then yeah. you know it's sort of ping pong back and forth because the idea of strong suits actually gosh the idea has been batted around for years already really mm -hmm. i mean we started in earnest with developing what we have now probably about three years ago mm -hmm. oh, wow. when covid kind of derailed everything we sort of said hey we've got some time on our hands let's see if we can make this dream a reality but the conversations have been happening well before that yeah yeah and i loved jamin you you had actually commented it was pool anxiety could you explain you know the birth of strong suit came from pool anxiety can you explain to what that means sure i mean honestly i feel like it's probably something that like i've i could have put a phrase to it but everybody has probably felt at some point so uh when i grew up i was like the kid who always had a t-shirt on at the pool um, I was, uh, actually like string being thin, but like, um, I just didn't ever feel like super comfortable, uh, essentially walking around in underwear, um, all the time when you're at the yeah. pool and, um, really where it came about, uh, the idea of strong suit was, um, I had, uh, I had donated my kidney. Um, so I had like, uh, scars. I looked like I'd lost a, kn a knife fight, which I did with the doctor. Um, <laughs> and, uh. I was like, you know, I don't know why it's so hard to find something that made me feel comfortable. And so I was like, screw it. I've always really uh, had this aesthetic that I was really interested to um, to develop. And so I had, uh, I was like trying to find a way to be able to create that. So I found a historic pattern and I uh, was reaching out to anybody who I knew was a genius at a sewing machine. And Carrie was like, you know, I can probably do that for you if you're like interested. And I was like, yeah, please, 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 please. So um, we, uh, I gave her the pattern and, and we picked out fabrics. And then she was uh, like looking, when she was looking over, she was like, this is nice. And then she made her own pattern. And uh, she, <laughs> she redid uh, kind of like all a lot of adjustments and then made the first iteration which was brilliant. And then um, she was like, I kind of like this, but I feel like I could do it better. And then she did. And she made one for my husband. And then uh, she was like, okay, this is nice. We're getting there. And then she made a third iteration. And then that was really um, where like we went to Hawaii together and we took some photos and we were, 
uh, we kind of like workshopped it in the, the Pacific and uh, we were chatting about it and um, then the pandemic hit and we were able to kind of really take a moment to sit down and go, so this actually is kind of really like could be something. Absolutely. And, and so, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of the birth. And, um, and the pool anxiety was really just about like trying to feel like you're not so exposed, not so yeah. like, um, that vulnerability that you feel when you're, you're feeling very, like everything is form fitting. Everything is very like hugging every contour of your skin. I mean, even if you are in decent shape, but you're not like an athlete, you sometimes just feel like, why is this elastic so rough? Yeah. And yeah, you occasionally <laughs> are comfortable in more revealing swimmer. There are days when maybe you don't feel empowered and you don't feel confident and, you know, you still maybe want to be out by the water. Right. You yeah. know, um, as a mom, like I have, I have two kids and there are times when I just want to be out there playing with my kids. I don't want to be worrying about a wardrobe malfunction. I don't want to be worrying about playing or running around, catching a ball, picking up my kid and having something slip. So I just want to be comfortable and confident and able to play by the water. And everybody I think has these anxieties when they, when they put on clothing, that isn't what they wear every day. It's not their, it's, they're not, they're outside of their comfort zone. Um, so I think everybody experiences that water anxiety to a, gre a degree, you know, just seasonally because we're used to wearing winter clothes and then we segue back into our summer clothes. And so we've been away from them for a little while. And so I think to a degree, sort of everybody feels that even if they present as really confident most yeah. of the time, I think it's just something everybody experiences. Yeah. Well, I, I would also think, you know, I like to be very active in the water and do things. And if you're wearing a bikini or something skimpy, you got choices to make of holding on to stuff when the waves hit. Uh -huh. And you know, behind Carrie right now are some examples of their suits. Mm -hmm. That's not going anywhere. That's staying in place. Mm -hmm. You can thrash and crash around, and you don't have to worry about, as Carrie said, a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> well, and also like there's this expectation of um, grooming that is expected of certain people, and like. <laughs> Thank you, God. Nonsense? You are doing God's work. <laughs> what kind of hot nonsense is that? Like, really? Like, it's just um, even like a, a standard one piece um, comes up really, really high on the thigh. And like, I don't know. I mean, yes, there are there, there are people who need that level of like, uh, you know, because they're athletes and stuff like that. But like, that's not 90% of, I don't think, most people at the water. Most people are just looking to have a good day and, and not feel um like they have to cover up or have a coverall or have a second suit or put a pair of trunks or something blah, blah, blah. all the other yeah. things they have to do to try and feel comfortable it's just be something fun um and you know and, and it's for everybody and, and it's gender fluid correct this is correct. this is for everybody we say it's gender neutral like you bring your gender to it yeah um you know we we one uh as a person who i I have always uh, been kind of in the spectrum of gender uh, presentation. Um, uh, I I just have always thought that like, why is there like trying to be like gendered clothing? Like it, it there's, you know, women wear pants. We all have t-shirts. Who doesn't love the ability to just like know that you're gonna find something that's like going to allow you to bring whatever you want to express at that moment mm -hmm. um, to it. So that's kind of what, the uh, the initial start off point was, and then as well like um, as a member of the LGBTQI plus community, I was like I want to make sure that this is something for everybody. Um, yeah. So we actually made sure to put in 
various different features that were going to be very helpful to people to not have um, dysphoria. Um, so one thing is like having wider straps. Um, so if you are using a prosthetic um, uh, under the chest region um, or a binder or, or whatever you might have in there um, or, or not, you will have support. It's a soft support mm -hmm. that will hold it. Um, it has a packer pocket. Um, so if you would like to uh, utilize that to be able to express uh, your gender and, um, you know, as well, we tried to make sure that it was something that was going to, um, the tunic top has, is a little bit longer. It goes right below the crotch line. So, um, like many, um, people who are, uh, um, uh, have meat in the basket, uh, so to speak, uh, when you're wearing like a wetsuit or a dry suit, like it is again, very form fitting. And that level of uh, exposure is uncomfortable, at least to me. And so it was like trying to find the various different ways to help smooth out those sort of things and make it so that they're not like the prominent display of the garment, but allow the person's personality, the person's yeah. comfort be on display. Yeah. Not you everybody wants to display the full assets. Yeah, <laughs> you know. To be inclusive with not only the features, but the sizing, just because we did want to bring, bring yeah. swim up to everybody who's hesitant. So we have a huge range of sizes. And we, uh, when we were in development, we tried this on so many bodies, you know, from really, really tall, like outlier tall, thin bodies to people who were smaller stature, but a lot wider, you know, pear-shaped, round, rectangular we really we ran this thing through the ringer really trying to get it on as many bodies as possible and even though you know at the end of the day we may not be bookending everybody there's always going to be somebody who maybe doesn't quite feel satisfied with the fit i mean we have such a huge range that we tried it on to and we're really we can pretty confidently say that we fit most people <laughs> and you know and that's actually fantastic because you know in a current retail world where women are kind of shoved into small, medium, or large. Uh, right. I mean, men get a little more um, advantage of different sizing, but we're kind of shoved into three categories and maybe, maybe you'll have extra small, maybe you'll have extra large. So you have having a special shop. I'm sorry. Or you have a special shop that you have to go to and like, yeah. that's oh, even yeah. like then it becomes like another, its own thing where you can't just buy your normal brands. You have to buy special brands. Right? Yeah. And, you know, people who are maybe lacking a little confidence or feeling a little wary about themselves, that's gut-wrenching. Everyone should be able to get what they want, how they want, when they want. Well, and further to that, we've also actually, we have a proprietary sizing system that involves color sizes rather than small, medium, or large, just to remove the stigma associated with, you know, I want to be a small or a medium, but I'm actually a 3X, right? Like that traditional... Um, so now we have color sizing and we have a whole spectrum of colors. We call it our true to hue sizing system. And we have our own proprietary chart where you go in and you kind of find what color size best suits you. So you might be a blue, you might be a green, you might be a maroon, but that doesn't mean anything relative to anybody else. So it takes that stigma away, which is really difficult when you're shopping for something like swimwear or intimates or, you know, things like that um, to sort of live up to those, those stigmas, those established opinions oh, yeah. I, and I we remember, really yeah i was gonna say the only thing that we want people to feel extra is their personality right yeah i mean i remember as a teenager 
trying on bathing suits, you know, every winter you go in and you try and let me mind you winter growing up in Michigan, you're not exactly in great shape. Okay. And you're going <laughs> in the dressing room and you need to get a new swimsuit and it's horrifying. Yeah. Especially at that age where you're super hypercritical of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if those, if what you guys offer were offered back then, I think you'd have a lot, you'd have a lot more people that have less anxiety. Yeah. Certainly around the water. I would, yeah. 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 And it's just self-image also. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would just be like, hey, this this looks good on me. This works for me. I'm comfortable. I can do activities. I mean, that was another thing is, you know, you lay out, don't move, you'll shift. <laughs> Honestly, that was me, like, for the longest was, like, I would be the person who would hang out at the beach, but I would never really go in the water because then that meant, like, a, a whole level of, like, exposure that you're just like, okay, well, I guess we'll go to the beach, but, like, that's, I'm not getting wet. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so going, moving on to like the, the beach and the clothing, the materials, you actually focus a lot on mm -hmm. ethics and sustainability, which yeah. most people um, kind of gloss over that, to be honest with you. So how are you guys focused on those aspects? Well, um, we really wanted to make sure our ethics carried through the entirety of our production, everything from how the fabric is made to how it is dyed to uh, how it is produced, um, you know, Carrie, you can really speak to uh, the the materials themselves. Like yeah, that. we um, well after we had our design, as Jamin said before, he had a he actually got a historic pattern, and we started right at you know we went to the source. We looked at 1920s uh, swimwear, um, which at the time they made it out of wool <laughs> because they didn't have technical fibers, they didn't have spandex, they didn't have you know polyester or synthetic fabrics back then. They had wool. Um, anyway. <laughs> We, uh, yeah, we knew we needed to find a really great fabric um, that would work really well for strong suit, but we knew also that we didn't want to leave a really big footprint. Um, we wanted to be, you know, ethical with our, our sourcing. So we ended up finding a company that uses um, recycled water bottles in their mm -hmm. fabric. It's actually called, the brand name is Reprieve. And they are 100% uh, recycled, sustainable. They use, um, Reprieve is actually a blend of, technically it's polyester, it's a type of recycled polyester that's blended with a type of spandex called Creora spandex, which um, spandex is actually a very weak fiber. So that's why usually if you buy a swimsuit for a season, by the end of the season, it's baggy and it's getting a little weird. Yeah, and you, yeah it just goes, it evaporates. Yeah, so Creora spandex um, was created with technology that allows those fibers to be much more durable. They're super chlorine resistant. They don't, um, they have a lot more wear in them than what traditional just spandex would have. So um, so we found this reprieve fabric that's blended with the recycled polyester and the Creora spandex. We thought, oh, this could be sort of, this is our, this is our fabric. At the hand of it is beautiful. It's soft, it's smooth. Um, so right away we knew this was, this was the one we wanted. So that's how yeah. we ended up with fabric. <laughs> and like, there are other like recycled fabrics, but like the thing is that we really like look for the, um, the company itself that like, is, they are working to be carbon neutral, water neutral. Um, they're going to be doing that by um, 2025 and 2030. Um, the, same with our, our printers. Um, the people who do the uh, sublimation printing, um, they are going to be water neutral and they are using, um, uh, there were also working towards the carbon neutrality uh, for their entire factory. Um, and this goes back even then to our manufacturers. Like uh, they, 
uh, and as an extension of our ethics, like we were, there's a lot of exploitation within the fashion industry. And oh, we yes. wanted to make sure that we are having people who are paid well, who are able to um, sustain themselves and their families and that um, are not going to be in like a, a horrible like sweatshop or anything like that. Um, and we really found this beautiful uh, company that is um, supporting of uh, uh, that is uh, supporting women who are our mothers and our grandmothers and allows them very flexible hours and uh, provides meals and benefits above the union levels and um, it's it was something that like was really important to us and you know that that uh, made a big difference because. You know, if you're going to start a company, you oftentimes have to make a lot of concessions. And, um, yeah. you know, while we would have loved to make them in America, um, unfortunately, America has not been really supportive of uh, manufacturing, of the garment industry, and of uh, avoiding exploitation um, and being environmentally conscious. Um, yeah. so. The factory that we use, um, they actually they have a wonderful program for utilizing fabric scraps. Like they use everything that they anything that's cut off of the fabric pieces gets repurposed often for charitable oh wow products like uh, when we were there we actually went over to um, we, we manufactured in Vietnam and we actually went over to Vietnam to verify the everything that you know that we were hearing and we wanted to see it firsthand and make sure that we were really sure that these people were aligned with our ethics and sustainability vision um, so we went over there and it was it, it blew both Jamin and I it blew our minds how marvelous these places were like the big sunlit beautiful open air factories everybody's smiling and laughing they're like a big family and they invited us into their family and showed us around and gave us the full tour but yeah they re, at the time we were there they were repurposing scraps for children's toys so for Uber areas around Vietnam they were making these like scrap dolls out of the the remnants from what was left over from from the strong suits um, and that was at every level. Like when we went over to the sublimation printer, um, which again is in that region, um, we saw the process of how they did the sublimation printing, which actually textile printing and dyeing is a super toxic, like it, it, there's a lot of people that come out of that industry. So what we opted to do, as I mentioned, was sublimation printing, which basically involves digital printing onto the fabric and you only print the, the pattern. So the shape that you're cutting out, it's not that you print the entire yardage and then cut the pattern out of that. Um, it's actually, it saves a ton of ink. It saves a ton of effort and resources. And it's all, all the inks that we use were all environmentally friendly inks mm -hmm. as well. Really at every level, we had to check in and make sure that we were being conscientious of, of the environment and of our vision for the company. So and like I said, we were really pleasantly surprised when we went over there. And I would say even further that like one of the things that was really um, wonderful about being able to find these companies really close together is that, of course, uh, shipping and, um, and, and transportation of all these materials back and forth and back and forth can actually, again, that can hugely increase your carbon footprint. Um, you know, whether if you're shipping them into multiple different countries, when you're having to take them across the ocean, um, we... What, like every uh, from the manufacturer of the fabric to the dye uh, to the, fa the factory itself that, that um, produces it, everything is within the uh, within a, uh, a very uh, streamlined very uh, within the country of Vietnam. Um, but then even when we shipped it over, we um, created um, our idea of how to how to avoid all the plastic 
that is necessary that often you see in a lot of uh, manufacturing. So uh, we have a wash bag um, that we have that are all uh, color coded to the size. Um, so that way you can look at the wash bag and know exactly uh, what what the uh, the uh, size is. But as well, like the wash bag helps with maintaining the integrity of the garment, so it can last even that much longer. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of that, we tried to uh, find as much packaging as possible that was. Um, biodegradable and tried to uh, avoid as much uh, any waste plastic as possible. Um, just every step of the way, we wanted to make sure that we're trying to be um, as ethical as possible because, you know, especially with manufacturing, there can be so much waste and mm -hmm. all that waste ends up being pushed to the next generation and somebody else's problem. And, and we wanted to make that our problem now. Yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that you guys have thought every aspect of this through. I've spoken to you know many other people in the retail world, and they'll focus on sustainability with respect to are the materials recyclable? Are we using less water? You guys have gone full circle with you know the not only materials, how it's made, the printing ink, but then the people. Most people with sustainability, for some reason, the people just they just forget about that part, which is you know a very important aspect. Fair wages making sure you know and the zero waste aspect that they're doing in that facility it's marvelous do, it's fabulous and we we have lessons to learn over here from that and unfortunately we're kind of stuck in our own political mire so that'll be a little we're a little ways off from getting there ourselves but you found the solution you found the way and then your packaging materials again I, a lot of people do forget about the packaging materials they're like oh that's <laughs> we can't control that part you can yeah, <laughs> yeah. Conversation with our factory, they were all for it because, like I say, we, we have an aligned vision with the factory. And so we were discussing, okay, well, I remember when I was a teenager and I worked in a retail clothing store and you'd get clothes coming in, and every one of them was in those yep. individual poly bags. You'd have to take it out, you'd throw it out, and you'd end up with this big, big garbage bag full of plastic. And I, I, said, I did that as well. I know what you're saying. All right. And I'm like, we do not want that. So that's where the vision of the wash bag came in because we are part of the slow mm -hmm. fashion movement. We want, you know, these garments to last a long time. We have strong fibers. We want to, uh, you know, have this garment for multiple seasons, not just a single season. So the wash bag made sense in terms of promoting that from a care perspective, but also we need a bag to ship it in. Let's ship it in the laundry bag. Why should we have ship it in a polyester bag, like a polycellophane bag? Um, when we can just ship it in the actual laundry bag. The factory's like, that's a great idea. And then they they did the further step. We, they said, you know, how about when we pack them in containers to ship them, we also use compostable liners because you do have to have a moisture barrier, you know, when you're shipping across the ocean. Yeah. Uh, so they say, you know, we can arrange for compostable liners. We can have those within the cart. And then rather than packing everything individual into plastic, they're already in the wash bags. We'll just put them into the compostable liner and then the curtain and we're done so everything was completely biodegradable shipping it across the ocean absolutely brilliant thought i mean just the the full circularity that you've brought this around um how do people find you where is the best way they can buy your product well so we uh well i will say we did a kickstarter and uh we were able to uh within 23 days reason 10,000 from um, the support that we got. No, um, and what was that? <laughs> a successful Kickstarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> successful Kickstarter. Um, but now we're on our website um, and it is your-strongsuit.com. Um, and uh, you can find us on the web. Um, we're as well on, <clears throat> we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok a little bit. 
although we're a little old, so we're a little slow on yeah. TikTok. But <laughs> I will say that we, we try as best we can. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, but yeah, your-strongsuit.com. And you know, honestly, we really hope that um, you know, as we're as we're continuing to go forward, we hope to get into the into the actual shelves of, of retail stores and and yeah. swim stores and all that sort of stuff. But um, that's a little far off at the moment. But we're online, yeah. and um, you're scaling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're a awesome. company. We're working really hard to get the name out there. So we really appreciate you having us, Wendy. And um, keep your eyes peeled for the suit. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, just for those closing comments, guys, if you want a suit that you're comfortable in, that you can actually be active in, that you can swim and play and, you know, play in the water and not worry about a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> and the material, you know, for people who don't understand slow fashion, it's the opposite of fast fashion. It's something that's durable the way it should be. It should last more than one season. Check out Strong Suit. Check out what these guys are doing. Um, it's amazing work. And not, you know, maybe you rock that swimsuit and you look awesome. God bless you. But everyone has a day where you just don't feel it and you just want to put on something comfy. I'm in sweatpants right now. I am living proof of that. So <laughs> check out Strong Suit. Your-strongsuit.com. Make sure you put that your in front of there. And thank you guys both. Thank you, Jamin. Thank you, Carrie. You guys have been wonderful guests today. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Take care, guys. I'm Wendy Nystrom, your host with Environmental Social Justice. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>